Okay, so. I just woke up from a vision that was kind of eye-opening. It was a little weird. But only because, I don't want, I want to say what it was only because of, but I feel like what played a factor is the fact that I wasn't being super observant. And maybe that's probably when they're watching me the most. Excuse me. And I've talked about this before. The one thing I haven't done is stop fighting and let go and give up and let them control my life and just be dumb and stupid and just let things happen. That's the one thing I haven't done. Because... I said to myself, that's the one thing that they want me to do because by then, you know, once you stop fighting, then you just stop fighting. Like, people get to do whatever they want to do to you and they get to treat you however they want to treat you and they get to leave you where they want to leave you. And why would I stop fighting? Of course, that's the one thing they want me to stop doing. Like, duh, but it's not an option because I have to survive. If I stop fighting, I won't. Or maybe I will. Because now, like I said, you need to be able to consider all options. And I hate that I sound like that right now. But you do have to always consider all options because you just never know. Like I've talked about in a previous episode how... The one place you didn't look might be where it's hidden. And I talked about God over, over you know, the course of my life. You know, continuously reminding me that the best hiding places aren't hidden in plain sight. Excuse me. The best hiding places are hidden in plain sight. And I could never grasp that concept. Because I'm too busy looking deeper. I'm too busy looking deeper than the surface, deeper than everything, and th- overthinking things most of the time. But always trying to see what there was more to it. Like I almost could never grasp that concept because everything right in front of me, you know, I'm like I said, I'm always looking past it. I'm always trying to look deeper. I'm I'm always trying to see what's more to whatever it is. Maybe I overcomplicate things when they're really just simple. And that would be probably the easiest way or the most lasting way to keep me distracted or chained to something. Because if you place it somewhere, I'm not ever going to look or I'm not ever looking. I will consistently and constantly overlook it. And I feel that God has been saying that to me. You're overlooking it. You're complicating it. And it's it's not that complicated. Or is it? Or is it? Because also that brings me back to perspective. And I don't want to talk myself in a circle here. I know I always do that too. It also comes down to perspective. Because if you feel that... <clears throat> 
you know, keeping things simple is the most complicated thing for you, then it's complicated. But now I'm starting to feel like, you know, and I talked about how a lot of times they will hide things that I need and things that I'm looking for, things that I'm fighting for, where I won't go to look for it. That's where they're hiding it because I'll go everywhere else. I'll do everything else. The one thing that I won't touch or the one place I won't be is where it will be. That's why I have to always keep my mind open when I'm searching for things, when I'm trying to get things or grasping things. I have to always keep my mind open because the one place that I won't go is where it's at. This happened. I would figure this out when I was at my at this hotel last year around December like a month ago and all I know is I found myself fighting for things and they would just it's like it's different ways that they that they you know kind of It's different methods that they use to torture me. A lot of times it's going to be perversion, pedophilia, you know, or sexual things, you know, sexually perverted things, stuff like that. Sometimes it's going to be just the thought of the people I love being hurt or anybody being hurt because of me. And when I don't want to go there or I don't want to risk that, that's where whatever it is I'm needing to fight for any sort of peace or any sort of comfort or to get closer to God, that's where it's at. It's right over there because I won't go over there. I won't even risk that. So a lot of times I can't even care about anything. I can't care. I have to be numb because I have to be willing to risk these things because so many times, a million times, I'm fighting so hard for so long, I say, let me go, let me, let me risk it, and it's happened, it, it, I only figured this out after, you know, I was being tortured so much that I had to be willing to risk it, and I risked it, and it was there, and so I'm checking that now, but now that they know how I work, they're able to keep playing me against myself. And I've said that. They play me against myself. They have to play you against your mind and what's in it. Because it's a lot of different ways to play a lot of different people. But that's why they've spent so much time studying me. And that's why they spent so much time studying whoever it is that they would want to keep in this position. Or keep down. They spend a lot of time studying them so that they can play them against themselves. The same method that you use to torture or torment or keep someone else down it's not going to be the same thing that's going to torture and torment everybody you got to tailor it so like I said it's actually hard work I feel that it's a hard it's hard work to to put this much effort into keeping anyone down it's and it's not going to be just anyone that they decide to do this for you know I was thinking about that Yesterday, I think, or earlier today, I was thinking about how when I was wanting to, when I wanted to be like everybody else or 
when I wasn't really making the necessary change to my life, not really fighting hard for growth, they didn't bother. They did not bother. Like, when I was out and doing all kinds of stuff and not really considering my future, excuse me, in my present, like not consider consider my future at the time or not, just not making wise choices and not feeling, not acting worthy, not acting worthy, not behaving myself in a worthy manner. Though I had different qualities about me that get that could, you know, that somebody could believe in. Like I had potential. I just had so many different things that I wasn't doing. And for that reason, I wasn't being treated with the respect that I deserve, that God knows I deserve. So, and I talked about this before. The one day where the sky talked to me and said, just show us something, anything. Honestly, in my mind, I said, I've been, you know, who could this possibly be? Because God knows I've shown so many different reasons. I've given God so many different reasons to believe in me. But that's God. He knows me anyways. He knows who I'm going to be. He knows who I've been. He knows who I am. So you don't really have to show God anything. He knows. He knows where to find it. That's why I said this. Who is this? Could this really be God? Because God would never say, just show me anything. God knows, and he knows where to place you. He knows who to introduce you to. And so, if anything, God is like, show them what I see. Show them what I know. So, that being said, like, I want to believe that this is, you know, I want to believe that this is, you know, a good thing. Matter of fact... I can't lose faith in God because it's a trick. I know that it's a good thing. It's a great thing. Because God started preparing me. And he saw something in me worth fighting for. Though I was going to hell, you know. He started talking to me about that. And I'm not saying God wouldn't waste his time, but I'm just saying that clearly he saw potential in myself. He started placing enough in me in order to fight battles and win battles like this. And I don't believe that people out here who are not intending to even fight their way out of hell or be better or even have a chance at heaven or make it to heaven is even given this type of opportunity or given these opportunities. So it's made very real. And something else that's just been on my heart, like, first of all, you know, I remember being reminded in 2020 that my childhood dream, my only childhood dream, when God asked me, what is your, what do you want to be in life? What's the, what's the, you know, what's your biggest dream? What do you want to be in life? And I said, my biggest dream is to make it into heaven after he had told me what heaven was like. That's my biggest dream is to make it into heaven because I can have any, I can be anything I want here. Like you said, God said you can be anything you want to be if you set your heart to it. 
I can be whatever I want to be here. And it might be hard, but it's never going to be as hard as wherever I spend eternity. I'm going to be there for the rest of eternity. And so clearly that must be the hardest thing you can do is get there. Because maybe not the hardest thing, but it's going to be the ultimate end game. That's the end game. That's the end goal. Like whatever I do here, I'm still going to have to go somewhere else. None of it will matter one day what I've done here. Maybe every all of it will matter one day what I've done here. But if heaven is real, then that's the real dream. It seems like, like it's not rocket science, but it can get complicated. But simply, you know, are you going to bank on one meal or being fed for life? Which one is it? Are you going to choose to eat today? Or to be fair for life? Are you going to choose to get a fish or to learn how to fish? So, I choose to learn how to fish. I chose eternity. I chose the one thing that nobody could ever take back. Once it's done, it's done. Though it might be very hard, once it's done, it's done. And it's forever. It's forever. So, like I said, it might be hard. But I have forgotten completely about that. And I remember as a kid thinking, I'll never forget this. For so many years, I was like, I will never forget that my one dream is to make it into heaven. Who could forget that? Every single day you face with the choice of what are you going to do today? How are you going to move? What choices are you going to make? And every choice that you make determines whether you'll go one day. So who could ever forget about heaven? Plus, you're constantly reminded when you see other people who either embody, you know, the type of individual that will make it or the type of individual who never will go. You see good and bad people. People who decide to do whatever they want to do with their lives, decide to go in whatever direction they decide to go in in their lives. And they, they show you, like, Pretty much, you have to make you have to make a choice in your life what direction you're taking it. Every single day, heaven is considered because of it. Maybe not heaven, but just what kind of person you are, and what kind of person you are determines if you're getting into heaven. But no, not really, because it's not because of our goodness; it's because of God's goodness. Because if it were ever because of us and what type of person we were, nobody would ever go. But. Also, something that has been on my heart lately is how Jesus said to me a few years ago, five years ago, maybe six. Jesus said to me to become abstinent, to abstain from sex when I was fornicating. And I didn't see as much wrong with it as I know is wrong with it now. And I was just fornicating and I wasn't I wasn't considering like the damage I was doing in my own body, God's temple. I wasn't treating it like God's temple. And I wasn't even considering it as God's temple. I'm like, this is my body, I can do what I want to do with it. Because I didn't feel like I was even that bad. 
I was fornicating, but I wasn't having sex often. Like, I know other people are. Other people are having sex every day or all the time. Or, you know, a lot of girls are always oftentimes asking me, why don't you just do it? Or I'm around other girls who are just doing it. And I'm not, like, I don't know. I'm actually not having as much sex as I could. But God told me to abstain from sex and don't have it at all. He had told me that my whole life. My whole life, God is like, it's best to just not have sex at all. Just ever, period. And I'm just like, God, is that realistic? Like, am I realistically going to truly say I'll never have sex ever and that be the truth? Because I'm human and like, it's not that I was ever, it's not that I was always so obsessed with it. Or that I was so focused on it. It's just I know one day I'm going to meet somebody who's going to make me want to. And I'm going to. Like, that's just realistically speaking. Like, if the world is surrounded by it. And oftentimes so overtaken by it. Like, it's just so focused on it. I'm not focused on it. You know, I know there's going to be things that are so much more important. It might I might find somebody who I feel like that's honestly... Not the first thing on the list. It might not be the last, but it's not the first thing on the list. And I'm still going to consider it with them. But I want it to be for like the kind of person like that. That I can do everything else with and everything else feels great. And then we, you know, naturally do that. You know, whenever we're comfortable with each other. Whenever I really truly feel like that about them. I even saw myself in a vision. I was cuddled up on a on a couch and like a really like serene environment. And it was silent like a library. And it was kind of looked like one too because books everywhere, bookshelves everywhere, but it was kind of like comfortable and it was mellow, like a meditation place, somewhere you can meditate. And I was cuddled up on a couch with a book forever, forever, reading every possible book I could ever reach in this world, if not all of them, if it's possible in my lifetime, always reading. And Never feeling a need to do anything else, even though, of course, I want to fit everything else I want to do in this world into that, too. But, like, just forever. If there's so much, if there's 24 hours in a day and there's so much time, and we feel like we have so much time here, let me spend most of that time in a book. So, that's how I saw myself. And when I felt like God was, you know, asking me, and do you see yourself with someone else? Or what kind of guy do you see fitting into that? It was always a guy who has come and sit at my feet at the couch as I read my book and he would just be just a perfect addition to my life. He wasn't, he didn't never feel neglected by me being in a book and we always found enough time for each other and he loved reading too. And we did everything else comfortably and intimately and and we loved each other so much. It was just natural love. Like, we was always meant to be together. And everything I lacked, all the different things about me that, 
you know, all the flaws I had, he kind of made me feel better. Like, he, he filled the gaps in my life. And I filled the gaps in his, and I was just comfortable being myself. I could always be myself. And I was always my best self around this individual. And this person, when it came to sex, they made me feel comfortable. Like I said, they filled all the gaps in my life. But I wanted to be complete anyways. I didn't want to have to, like, I don't want to have to put somebody in a place that need they need to fill gaps. Like, I want to be made complete by God. Like, I want to be okay. But anything I lack, because we're not perfect, this person, you know, makes me feel comfortable. Like, it might be small things or just a few flaws, but this person knows how to handle everything about me without technically handling it. Like, I need to be handled or something. Like, I know what I want. Sometimes it's hard to put in words, but this person made me feel very comfortable about that. It's not the first thing that we was thinking about. It's not the only thing he was worried about. And whenever it came around to that, like, we were comfortable. We were comfortable. I trusted this person. I could trust this person with every part of me. So, like, my, I could trust this person with my body. And we never got bored of each other. It was just natural. When, you're, when it's natural, I don't feel like you ever get bored of somebody. And nobody can make you second guess or think twice about them. Because that's real, that's real love. That's really being in love for real. You know them. And you can be who you are without them and with them. They just make it better. So that's what I always see, or that's how I used to see it. Simple, not super big, not super, not too much, but also, of course, accomplished so that I could afford to be comfortable for the rest of my life. And I could afford everything that I would need and want, not that I just want everything in the world. Simple. But when I would see this, you know, it just, I just didn't know how, I just didn't know how, only because I guess I don't trust this world, trust that this world can even offer me somebody like that. Of course it can, but I feel like going down the years, over the years, just considering it, you know, of course your mind thinks a million different thoughts. I'm thinking a million different things that might, you know, go wrong with the guy. So, honestly, I had to be comfortable with that vision, If it, even if it was just me forever. But I just always wanted to be somebody like that. So, <clears throat> when I would see stuff like this, I would talk to God about it and... Like I said, I have to be comfortable being alone. I have to be comfortable fighting to get that for myself one day. And it's okay if I never get to have that addition. But asking God to send me somebody like that, because I don't trust this world. I don't trust that this world will be kind if I try and get that for myself. Or if I expect that, that to happen without God's perfection and his you know, sovereignty, finding that for me, placing that perfectly in my path. I just don't trust this world. It's unfair. But I will talk to God about this. 
I know I was talking to God about it now because God has shown me what's him and what's not. And all the times we were having conversations, I'm always talking about everything. All the times we were having conversations when I thought that, I was just thinking. But I didn't know because how do I want to be this person who never gets off, not never gets off the couch, but who never finds time outside of a book and myself, you know, alone in my little quiet place, but also become the person that I want to be that's super adventurous, that finds a way to do everything else I want to do in life like climb mountains and jump from planes, parachuting, you know, skydiving, all of this, like traveling the world and then accomplishing everything else I want to be in life. How can I find time to be both? Because I feel like that's like a whole bunch of different lifetimes. Like, and then wanted to be a doctor, wanted to be a lawyer, wanted to be... All these different things. And it feels like it's just so many different lifetimes. How can I have all of it? But of course, God makes everything possible. But I guess I didn't know that. I didn't, I just didn't have the capacity at the time. I know it's possible, but I feel like it has to, have, has to be magic or something. I don't know, not magic, but... That doesn't mean I truly believe it will happen for me. I don't know if I ever saw it happening exactly for me, even though I believe it's possible in God, with God. But I'm just reminded that Jesus came to me. He told me to abstain from sex. I get I get sidetracked. And I talked about I talk about other things, but they all tie in to what the point I'm trying to get across. Jesus came to me, he told me to abstain from sex. And all I know is I was like, okay, I can do that. He's like, can you abstain from sex for a year starting out? Start with a year. But I really wanted to be for, you know, he wanted to say forever, but he knew I was like forever. He's like, you know, start off with a year because he's really trying to push towards forever. As long as possible is what he meant. And all I know is I was like, okay, I can do that. So I decided to abstain from sex and time was going by. It wasn't hard. It wasn't, it kind of wasn't hard to abstain, abstain from sex because you know, I was already doing that in a way. Excuse me, in a way it's kind of who I am, but I'll have slip-ups, but still, that's kind of already who I am. But all I know is, like, Jesus is like, this is important. This is important. I need you to do this. And it's not that I will be doing it because 
I, you know, because of, you know, the possibility of whatever blessing Jesus is offering. It's not that I'll be doing it because of that. I'll be doing it just because God is who he is, just because he asked me to, just because I love him so much. And he's important and I trust him. Like he didn't have to tell me why. And so I trusted him and I did my best. And then days will come by where I'm like, I'm tired of being in the house. I want to go and I want to hang out. Not knowing what it, how important it was, or knowing how important it was, but not really knowing, like, what I would be missing out on if I didn't. And Jesus would say to me before I leave, he would say, Don't go. Don't go hang out. And I would say, why, God? And he would say, because. What if you have sex? And I would say, but God, I'm not. I'm not even planning to. I'm not even intending to. Like, I can control, you know, my urges or if I have any. Because most people don't even try. They don't even get that out of me, really. Like, the urge to want to do that. And... Jesus like, but you just shouldn't go. You just shouldn't go because accidents happen and all this. He didn't say all of that, but he was kind of like insinuating, like you, you know, you don't know for sure. You don't know for sure. Don't go if you don't know for sure. So most states will be like, I know for sure I'm not. And I would, you know, for sure say I wouldn't. And the other days I'd be like, I don't know for sure. You know, what if I meet that, that guy or a guy that I really feel comfortable enough with? And Jesus would be like, don't do it. Don't risk it. I would go anyways. One day I went. And, of course, like, it just happened. Like, I got drunk around this person. And it just happened. And I remember Jesus talking to me right before. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I was just like drunk so I didn't care I wasn't taking it as serious as I would if I was sober not that that's an excuse but it was a lot of factors like I was feeling depressed and I thought it could fix it and I was feeling pressured by the guy like you know why not you know it's nothing wrong with me, right? Or are you using me? Like that pressure of like it was like it was out of guilt. I did it out of guilt really, mostly because I felt like I was using you. But if I don't have sex with you, you're gonna feel like you're gonna know. But I don't have to. That's never I've never been that sweet where it's like, oh I gotta have sex with you to prove I wasn't. But, like, still, I feel bad. I feel really bad. Like, I don't want to ruin him moving forward. You know, he seems like a nice guy. But I just, I know already. Some people do not care as much as you do. A lot of a lot of guys are not going to care or even think about you that way if it comes to you. But it wasn't about him. And I, I, then I felt guilt trip with God. Like, 
you know, God's watching and everything you do comes back on you. And if I say, I don't care, he wouldn't consider me. If it was the other way around, God is like noted. You know, you gotta, you gotta be more compassionate. You gotta care more. Like you have to be more considerate of others. But at the same time, that can never guilt trip you into something that God's already told you to do, and <clears throat> and guilt trip you into having sex anyways because that's your body, that's your choice. But like I said, it's a lot of factors. Mostly, I feel like I'm being a horrible person. I'm supposed to be be better and become better. And I don't know. I tricked myself, really. But I know guys have ways of guilt tripping you and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was guilt tripped, too. But anyways, I take full responsibility because, like Jesus said, you know, if that's a possibility, don't even go. And I should stay at home, even though I was tired of being at home. So, like I said, so many factors at home. It was like so much going on. I never wanted to be there. It's like all this family drama. I wanted to leave the house. I didn't want to be at the house. I would do anything to get out of the house and be somewhere else, even for just a night. So, so many reasons. And none of that matters when I look back on it because... I knew how important it was to Jesus. I knew how important it was. I definitely did. I might not have known what it was for or why. I had to trust him on that. But I knew it was important to him. And it, and it was a lot of things that Jesus would just, you know, have patience on me with. And always forgive me for. Always so forgiving and understanding. But he was, he stressed this. It was important. It was important. I knew that. I could tell. So after that happened... I noticed how upset Jesus was. Jesus was upset with me. Jesus was like, you know, like I really, like I'm always, I'm trying to make something happen for you. I really want you to have it. I really want you to have it. I want to be able to do this for you. And I didn't know what what Jesus was talking about. But he's like, but you messed it up. Like you already did it. And he's like, I'm going to. He, I'm like, Jesus, you're usually so understanding, so I know I really messed up this time. And he's like, don't feel bad or anything, but yeah, like, this was important. And I remember thinking, like, oh, man, Jesus is always so understanding. I took that for granted this time because I was saying to myself, you know, even though this is really important, you know, Jesus is always so understanding. That's what I. That's why I love him, you know, so it's... Is I need to take it serious because he's so un- always so understanding and loving, and he stressed how important this is. But also, I know like I don't need to like I wasn't taking it seriously that he's always gonna forgive me no matter what, and it doesn't matter if I ruin it. He's always gonna make a way, and whatever, however important it is, Jesus loves us so much. He's always pushing for us, anyways, regardless. So I took that for granted, and. The next day, and even right after, Jesus was just, like, shaking his head, like, you don't have any idea how important this is. Well, not you don't have any idea. You did have a clue. You knew how important this was. And, like, I'm still going to try to make it happen for you. I'm still going to try to make it happen for you. And he was like, but I don't know. Like, 
Like, that's how important it was. And I was like, whoa. Like, Jesus being very clear, like, you know, this was one of those times where it's like, you had to have taken that seriously and you knew that and you still did that. And so, I don't know. I don't know. And I didn't know what Jesus was talking about, but I knew whatever was ta- whatever he was talking about, you know, it was important. Really important. And he didn't tell me. And I just cried. I cried and I felt so guilty. Well, I didn't feel guilty. He didn't let me feel guilty, but, like, I just cried and felt like I really messed it up. I'm always messing stuff up. But I'm not always messing stuff up, but I messed that up. And just realizing I didn't have to, but I did. And he's like, maybe I can still make it happen for you. I'm like, Jesus, it was one time. And he was like, you weren't supposed to. You know how important it was. I did know how important it was. Even though I didn't know what it was for, like I said, I knew how important. I knew how important. So, at that point, you know, it's like, what can you say? And Jesus is like, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. And it, it, I could feel him still trying his best and trying to figure out a way for me. Still doing everything in his power to, like, Make it happen, make it happen regardless and find a way for me. But he was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, that's, you needed to be able to do that. And I believe it was like three or four months in. So it wasn't even half the year. But not that it mattered. It was supposed to be the whole year, period. But Jesus is always fighting for us. Jesus is always, you know, he fights for us so hard. He fights. He is. I can't say that he's ever fighting harder. At certain times, he's always fighting his hardest for us at all times. Each and every single last one of us. That's who Jesus is. He died on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins, no matter who you decide to be. He's always fighting his hardest for us. But he was like, "I'm gonna try and make a way for you, anyways." And that's the one. That's the first time I realized, like. Jesus can do anything. Nothing is too hard for him. And he's super understanding and super forgiving and super loving and super attentive and always there for you. But it does matter what you do. It does matter. It matters. And I broke my promise. I broke my promise. So that affected Jesus. Jesus was upset about that. But he was more upset that You know, whatever it was, he was fighting for me that that, you know, was made, you know, like where that stood after that. He was more he was more concerned about me, but he was upset that I broke my promise. He was hurt by it. But that's what truly made me realize, like, it matters. 
just because Jesus is super understanding and super forgiving and always there for us, fighting our hardest for us, fighting his hardest for us at all times, does not mean that you don't have to try, that you can take advantage of him. God hates when people take advantage of Jesus. I noticed that too. You know, a lot of this, the, what I'm going through, I wonder if it's even, you know, consequences for that. Because now, so like for like, I feel taking advantage of every day, and I look back on taking advantage of Jesus, and it's a valuable lesson. All those times I took advantage of God's love, Jesus says, "Not punishment. Don't ever blame yourself." I love Him, but I mean, I love God. That's God too, but I still see the lesson in it. <laughs> Regardless, I still see the lesson in it because. This must be how Jesus feels when he's fighting so hard for us all the time. He just wants he just wants to help us. And yes, he's the Lord. He can do anything. He has almighty power. We should never limit what he's capable of. But it hurts him when we don't consider how hard he's fighting for us at all times and do everything in our power to be a better person. When we could, we're like, oh, Jesus is always going to be there or you know, what's another time that, you know, I let Jesus down? Like, consider that. It does matter. That's when I truly realized that. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, my goodness. But I knew. It's not about, I didn't know until now. I knew. I knew this was a possibility. <clears throat> and so I should have been more responsible. And yeah, I'm a lot of times very irresponsible, but that's still not an excuse because I knew that when I made the promise and I was promising to be more responsible. I was promising to at least be responsible on this. And this is all I had to do. It's all I had to do. I had one job and I messed it up, but I'm not trying to regret or feel guilt or shame because he didn't allow me to feel any of those things in that moment. But he wanted me to understand the seriousness and I felt how he felt. So looking back on that, because that was just brought to my attention for like I've been thinking about that for the last few days. Looking back on that, like I believe Jesus was talking about this. Jesus, that's what Jesus was fighting for. Because Jesus is always asking God for things for us. And we don't know, we may not know what he's up to, but he's always fighting for us and our futures and you know, just us, period. And I think about it and I say, like, you know, I say to myself, huh, wow, like, I didn't know that it was like that, you know? I thought, like, if we're going to get something, no matter what we do, we're going to get it. And it really doesn't matter, you know. Or I I really, like, I have the mindset and have had the mindset that it's like, oh, well. Like, it doesn't matter if you mess something up or it doesn't matter what you do. Because everything is going to happen how it's intended to happen regardless. And when it comes down to it, you can't change what, you know, God is destined for your life. 
So, you know, don't stress about it because you could fight so hard to be a, the best person you can be and bad things are still going to happen. Or you cannot care and be a horrible person and not even consider being a better person and good things still happen to you. So it doesn't matter. Like, and I saw, like, yes, it does. It still matters. And I was able to take that seriously and consider that. Oh, I was able to consider that seriously for once. But um, all I know is now what I'm going through, I'm reminded of that. I'm abstinent now. I've been abstinent for over a year now. But it doesn't matter because he asked me to be abstinent then. It matters, but, you know, it, I can, it doesn't change then. And I believe it was for this very reason. Jesus knows everything. At that time, I could have never even, you know, I never would have even considered or dreamed of being in this position or being or being faced with what I'm faced with now. Or even being out of my hometown and state. I would have never considered being here at all. Everything, all of it. Except me here, actually alive. But even that, but this what Jesus was fighting for. He was asking years in advance for God to show mercy on my future, show mercy on me. Because he knew that I would mature, I would mature past where I was at, and I would want you know I would want things, and Jesus was fighting for me to have those things. And it's around the time I first started praying, and so I really wasn't expecting anything. And honestly, like I said, it's easier when you're not really expecting to get anything out of it because then you don't have to, you know, consider or be face with the loss, like just the thought of messing stuff up and and mourning the loss of things, like the loss of opportunities or all the different things that, you know, you could have. You don't even have to consider it. It's just about God. And so it's, it's better. It's so much easier. Now I have, I'm stressed every day thinking about, you know, Everything that God is fighting for me to have and everything that he wants me to have and realizing that I could mess this up. I could mess this up. You know? Nothing is set in stone. Nothing is set in stone. So I could mess this up. And I'm reminded, like, but that's, I remember being so scared because I was thinking to myself, like, I always mess stuff up. I always mess stuff up. And like, this is why I'm so scared to try or do anything or come around anybody or even allow anybody to depend on me or believe in me at all because I always mess stuff up. 
or at least that's what this demon has been convincing me my whole life. You're always messing stuff up. God has shown me God has shown me that I don't I don't always mess everything up. I'm not a quitter or a failure or any of those things. And he knows it. Even when it doesn't translate, even when in the flesh or in real life, how am I not a quitter or a failure? Like, I'm always quitting and I'm always failing. I'm always messing stuff up. Like, I don't have anything to show for this stuff that God is telling me, but I just trust him when he says it because, you know, it's not even about always about this world deceiving you or lying to you. Like, it's not lying. That's what it is. Like, I see it. I know it, but... It's just the fact that God is right beyond whatever you can see, beyond what you feel like you know, beyond what anybody can see, and beyond what anybody feels like they know. God is always right, and God knows who I am. So if he says it, I believe him. Even when I don't, it's not even about, you know, I'm biased, where it's like God said it and it's me, and I want to believe it because it's me. I want to believe in myself, and I just want to believe. No, it's the truth. God is telling the truth. You know, if you would have said it about somebody else and I saw everything about them that just did not point to that, that said the opposite of everything. Everything they do fails. Everything they, you know, they're always quitting and, you know, they're always messing everything up. Like, I can see it, everybody else can see it. But if God said that's not true, then I'm going to believe it's not true. I'm not biased towards myself even. So it was that. It was like, realistically speaking, yeah, I see what I'm doing. I see what I cannot do. I know what I'm capable of. But God said it's different. And I I just believe him. I just believe him. Because he's God. And he doesn't lie. He has no reason to lie. He's not a man. He's always right. And he loves us so much. You know, he didn't, like, he didn't even have to tell me. He doesn't even have to tell me. He just tells me because he loves me. That's how you, it's God. But if you ever wanted to ever know why, or if you ever wanted a surefire, you know, like example of any time you can really trust somebody's telling you something, it's because they love you. They told you because they love you. They didn't tell you because they wanted anything from you. They didn't tell you because, you know, they wanted to, you know, convince you of anything. They didn't tell you because it's you. They didn't tell you for any other reason besides the fact that they just love you. They're getting nothing out of it. They just love you. That's how you know, you know, nobody, somebody's not lying. That's how you know. Like when you are down, you have nothing and everybody else is rejecting you and it's just nothing you have. You feel like you have nothing to offer. Maybe you don't. And then somebody still comes and look out for you. Somebody still comes and cares for you. Somebody still comes and even considers you. You know they did it because they love you. You know they did it because of who they are. You know? It has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you besides the fact that they see you and they care. And... 
that right there, you know, that's who God is. So I believe him. He's been over my whole life. When I'm being kicked around or not considered or like nobody else would do it just because they love me. Even people who love me or claim to love me wouldn't do it just because they love me. But God still does. I believe him when he says stuff. That's not even the only reason. It's just because of who he is. He's God. But that's why I go so hard around things. Like, even when nobody else believes it. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I even, like, I do the same thing other people do. I only, you know, consider someone when they have something to offer me. Or I believe, you know, what it looks like. Instead of, you know, what I can't see. Despite there are many reasons I had to consider that at least. Like, never be stupid enough to not at least consider these things. And then you had the benefit of even being warned or having little signs that's showing you, like, consider that even though it's so obvious not to and everybody else does isn't or doesn't want to. You have even the benefit or the extra added grace from God where he's like, look, a hint. And you still don't consider it? That's dangerous. You don't know who you're missing out on or what you're missing out on. But you will know if you keep doing that or if you don't take the opportunity. Not that you should ever be that person that's going to take the opportunity because of that. And I want to stress that. I talked about this in a previous episode. I said the people who wouldn't be that person anyways, I'm trying to tell them, can't you see? Like, you know, all, everything surrounding the situation, it should show you that it's something more to it. Even the evidence alone, if you were that kind of person, already what you've shown that you are worse, you know, at least consider it because of that. And I want to be clear, that doesn't matter. Because if you're not already the kind of person that would do it anyways without having to see it that way or consider that, it doesn't matter if you would see that way or not. Even though I do feel like it plays a factor because you're not going to be able to see it that way unless you are or aren't that kind of person. When you're not the kind of person, you never be able to see it no matter how clear. And when you are the kind of person, it doesn't matter if you do see it. That comes with it. So it's complicated. But at the same time, there's a ways. Just like I was just talking about, there's no surefire way for anything. There's ways to be both or see both. It's this we're unique we're all unique but like I said a lot of people they're already that person so it's no don't you see the signs don't you pick up on it some people do get get by with that some people do but ultimately I kind of see mostly it won't matter it won't matter anyways. Like, let's say you were a shady kind of person, selfish and off of yourself, but you started paying. You just you just took the opportunity to pay attention to different signs on different things to different people, and you're like, you know, this person, really, I would not care about this person. I really would just kick this person to the curb because they don't have nothing to offer me. But hey, let me pay attention to little signs because you see different stories or you know about the fact or or you know about the you know you know about the um possibility. You know about the possibility that you know people come from nothing and they become everything or they become so big and if I got in on that early, I'd be locked in forever and I'd be a I'd be rich off of them. 
So let me start paying attention to the little signs and who I feel like could become that. So you start studying the people who done that. And obviously the stories are different, different reasons, not always the same. It's never a surefire way to get, get in on it. It's like a gamble. But it's just like investing in stocks. You do your best to try and see the signs in a, you know, a beneficial future or a, you know, billionaire in the making. And you get in on that when you're shady. Some people, they just, they just that person anyways. And so they end up there because they deserve to be there because they believe in that person for real the whole time. Other people have always been out for that, always been up to something. And granted, you know, it probably won't happen as much as people try to see that happen because a lot of times it backfires, you know, either you invested to the wrong people too many times and you give up on that because, you know, you don't get returns on your investments. You're, you can Just because you are trying to follow some sort of blueprint or plan or trying to do your best to follow the signs to invest in somebody to become somebody doesn't mean that they always will. You can lose out on that a bunch of different times. And oftentimes because of your intentions, that's why. But sometimes it does happen like that. Like, for example, take, you know, athletes. When they're young and they're broken or poor and they don't have anything, not even parents that really support them. And then here comes a coach that's like, you know what? You don't have anything to offer right now, but I can train you up and I can get you the, you know, equipment that you need. I can put you in a nice um, home and I can make sure you eat and I can raise you like you're my own. And then one day you can become this big NBA star. But none of that is really guaranteed because becoming a big NBA star, a big NFL star is like a one in a million chance. But they are, you know, depending on it. And if they have the right intentions and they're just doing it no matter what you decide to be, then you'll just be a part of their family forever. But if they're just doing it because they're just trying to raise up an NBA star, an NFL star, you know, and they have shady intentions, then they're they're taking a gamble on you. Because you could either never make it pro or you could mess up your chances doing a multitude of things like a scandal or a car accident or you can be hurt or injured, whatever. So pretty much, you know, what I'm saying is I remember pointing that out and it really doesn't matter. It does for some people. Some people call themselves lucky. Other people are calculated. But regardless, there is a God in heaven. And what you do, what you reap, you sow. So that to be that all things considered, sometimes that does happen, sometimes it doesn't. Excuse me. But that's the gamble on knowing if somebody really believed in you. For you or if they believed in you for them. And yes, that does happen when you have nothing. A lot of people are going to be like, who cares? Like, what do you have to offer? Why would you feel like it's it's not for you? And you'd be like, that's exactly why nobody would consider that it's not for me. And that happens. But that's why nobody believes you when you say... 
even though I'm nothing or I don't look like I have much, all of this, you know, is happening. Like, they're like, nobody's conspiring against you. You don't have anything. You're nobody. And they are because maybe they know I'll be somebody. 